Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am Joel here with my dad. And I'm Rick. What do you want to talk about today, Joel? Well, we did a uh, we did an episode a few weeks ago, or yeah, about uh, kind of I'm concerned about my kids and g- great response to it. And so I kind of wanted to continue in that because it's funny how much we've talked about this before, how much the stuff you learn in parenting really applies everything in life. Oh, certainly. So you could start on this narrow topic of parenting, but it goes even broader uh, to, you know, to so many aspects of life. So, uh, which that's kind of what the show is about. You talking to you about stuff I I learned from you growing up. So here's what I want to talk about today. Every kid is different. And, uh, you know, when, when, first of all, when Elise was born, I mean, I've, I've said this before. I thought, because of what I do, Mr. Outdoor Adventure Man, God was going to give me a boy. Yeah. I was going to learn to raise him in the outdoors. Firstborn boy. All in your footsteps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I found out, I'm like, wait, I'm getting a girl. I don't uh-huh. know how to deal with a girl. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm excited. I love her. Was, she was exactly what I needed for that, that firstborn child there. But I've noticed also, she, you know, I also thought I was going to get a fighter like me. Uh-huh. She's not. The kid's uh-huh. a butterfly. Like, I'm trying to get some fight in her. <laughs> so... This kid is the opposite of everything I had envisioned having in a child, but yeah. I love her and it's been so good, but man, it is stretching me because I'm having to learn like right now, we're kind of, she's, sure. she loves to be goofy and it drives me crazy. And I'm trying to figure out how to deal with that goofiness. And Emily's like, don't, the way you did that, not, not, that yeah. wasn't the right way to do that. Yeah. So I want to talk about that and I've got, uh, yeah. So give me, give me your take on that because all three of us, uh, Joel, I'm the oldest, Karis is the uh-huh. second. She's about two years behind me, and then Jonathan was about five years behind. And we all kind of fit the classic stereotypes of firstborn, secondborn, thirdborn. But uh, you, were we difficult to deal with because of our differences? Uh, you were difficult to deal with. Uh. <laughs> I shouldn't have said it that way. Yeah. yeah. No, each one had its, each each one of you had your own challenges. You know. Um, you know, one of the there's a proverb that I uh, I think applies to parents. Uh, very uh, distinctly, Proverbs twenty seven twenty three. It says this: "Be careful to know the condition of your mm-hmm. flock, and to give careful attention to your herds." Okay, so all right, in agrarian culture, you could say, "Well, that's just talking to farmers." Nah, it's not. Come on, that, that he didn't have to tell farmers to know that. Shepherds know that you got to pay attention to, but parents don't always know that that you have to pay attention to each of the to know the condition of each of your child, and that's not just their temperament in things, but where they are right now in life too, because we all go through a lot of changes mm. you know, as we're growing up. And so uh, I remember, I, I think I've shared this with you once before, that for, for most of the time, you know, Karis, your only sister, our only, my only daughter, um, you know, I just dealt with it like I did with, with you guys, you know? But Which was with, super easy, I'm sure. Oh yeah, very easy, very easy, yeah. Force, power, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> strength, yes. yes. Uh, it, which, by the way, I think it's funny. You told me later I was kind of known in the Christian school there as the uh, permissive dad, you know. But uh, yeah, in high school, yeah, as, which I think is crazy because I, I think you know better. But um, but with her, about the time when she got into junior high, all, I all of a sudden was doing things. And it was just like it just wasn't working. Mm. And I remember your mom saying to me one time, I was you know upset with her about something, and your mom said. Don't think she really understood. I don't think she's being disobedient. She just didn't understand what you wanted. I'm thinking, how could she not understand? It was plain and simple. Duh, you know, A, B, C, D, do this. And uh, so, um, I, at, after a few of those incidences, I said, "Look, I'm just going to have to kind of step back here. I'm not going to abdicate my responsibility 
but I need you to kind of, your mom, to kind of step in and take the lead in this. And if you need me, call me, but I need you to lead because I'm not understanding what's going on here. Obviously, I'm not connecting. I can't treat her like I did the boys all the time. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it, it worked, but it, it was for a period of time. And, uh, and then, you know, yeah, anyway, so it was different. That fits in with something we've talked about before, it, the idea that these kids are not our kids, they're God's kids. Yeah. And we just got the job of stewarding. Stewarding just means doing the best you can with what he's given you and, yeah. and turning, returning to him something better than what he gave you. It was the parable of the, uh, the, the talents, talents, right? Yeah, burying the talents. Uh-huh. So it fits in with that. And what's, I mean, it's just so interesting because each kid, you've re- the pay attention thing, I mean, that's a lesson for life. Yeah. We just, how often are we zoned out because we're tired or yeah. we're you know, on the phone and our kid is crying out for help in very, usually it's very irritating behavior. Yeah. I find with yeah. Elise, like the last few days, she has been incredibly difficult. And we just, we sat down, we're like, the kid's exhausted. She's learning a ton of new stuff at school. Her school is preparing for this huge school-wide event and she's learning archery and she's learning how to speak into a microphone. And yeah. it's just, it's new stuff that's stressing her out. And so when she gets home, she's just, we're like, what is wrong with this kid? <laughs> yeah. But it's, we realize she's tired. And so we had to cancel a couple events this weekend we wanted to go to. And it just goes, and you go, it's really important. It's it's knowing the, the, sure. the, yeah, the state of your flock. The other thing I think is important to recognize, there was a verse I was reading a few years ago, and it for the first time I started to understand it, it's the story of Joseph. You know, Joseph is one of the children of Jacob who was named Israel, so he really should have had a tribe. There should have been a tribe of Joseph. Right. Uh-huh. No tribe of Joseph. Yeah. Uh, instead, his dad calls him in, uh, Jacob calls him in on his deathbed and says, Joseph, I'm going to take your two sons, uh, Ephraim and Manasseh, they'll be like mine, and they'll get tribes. Uh, which ends up why there's actually 13 tribes. It's very complicated, but yeah. the bottom line is uh, there's this thing where the father give the the, fa- the the grandfather gives this blessing on the kids. And in the story, it's so interesting because uh, he says, Ephraim and Manasseh will be mine, just as Reuben and Simeon, Joseph's brothers, were mine. He called them, and then he said, he, and then he crosses hands to bless them. And he blessed the oldest, or he blessed the youngest first, and then he blessed the oldest second, which is with his left hand, right? And so, which wasn't the order of things. And Joseph goes, no, you got it. You got it wrong or whatever. And and he's like, no, I, jo- Jacob says, no, I don't have it wrong. And I was, you know, I'm sure there's profound levels of truth to yeah. that. You know, the, the, the covenantal stand, all that <laughs> stuff. All I know is I, it what stood out to me is I thought, you know, you don't get to decide what the blessing looks like in your kids. Yeah, You only get to nurture it. Like I would have liked for, you know, you, you want your kid to be blessed in this way. I've seen dads like this, that they yeah. want their kids to be blessed in sports. And in kids, their kid is very artistic. Um, and, and it creates tension when you're yeah. trying to force your kid into a mold that you wanted them to be. And I mean, I've seen a lot of, I've, there's this kid I was talking to recently and he's basically loves his family, but wants never to be around them. And yeah. I actually got to stay with his family for a week and I go, well, this is why. He's super artistic, super creative. I mean, brilliantly creative. His parents are the most rigid. They're not even rigid. They're nice, but they're just like, this is the way we do things. They're robotic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're literally robotic. It was like, and now we do this. And, we, and I proposed something. They're like, we don't do that on Tuesdays. <laughs> we only do that on Thursdays. And I'm like, this poor kid. Yeah. Have, like, he has no problem with his parents. He just doesn't want to be around them. But yeah. I get it. Yeah. Like, and so it's interesting because I see that tension develop a lot and where your kid just, it's not the temperament you wanted. Your kid's not as athletic as you want. And if you try and cram them into a mold, it's yeah. going to create division. Yeah, and it create resentment as well because oh, yeah. that's just not not what I was made to be, you know. 
And, um, and, that, and that's one of the reasons it says, um, you know, pay attention to mm-hmm. them, how God's made them. You know, guys maybe can understand it this way. You know, every tool was made for a purpose. There's a reason that a hammer has those two things sticking out at the top, you know, and a screwdriver doesn't. Um, the claw, a claw hammer. Yeah, yeah, claw yeah. hammer. <laughs> I was trying to... I don't know. Anyway. That thingy. That thingy. You know, it has another thingy on the other end that you ham- hit the, ha- na- the the long thingy with, you know. Head of the hammer. The head yeah, of the yeah, hammer you hit the nail with. Yes, okay. So um, I, I, Clearly, I learned all my construction <laughs> skills from dad. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, remember, nails have two sides, one for one side of the house, the other for the other side of the house, right? Okay, anyhow, <laughs> the point is that every tool was designed for a purpose, and it works best when it's accomplishing that purpose. You can use a screwdriver, as many of us have, to yeah. drive a nail into the wall, you know, and you can't find the hammer, it's too much trouble to go out the garage, you just bang on it with a screwdriver. <laughs> and you can do it, but it's a little dangerous, you're probably going to hurt something, hurt your hand, hurt the wall, something. And um, it's not the the best way to do it, because the screwdriver wasn't designed for that. Real funny commentary, this morning I needed to nail something in, and all I had was there this mic stand, and... It'll, It'll work. work. It'll work. It wasn't yeah. pretty, but it worked. Yeah. <laughs> so. so you can you can maybe get your kid to play football is what we're saying, but you're probably going to damage something in the meantime, uh, or whatever. You can get your kid to be an artist if that's what you wanted, you know. And he wants to go out and run around and get in the mud and play and bump up against his buddies, you know. Yeah. Uh, either way, you could probably get it to work, but it's going to hurt something along the way. So what would you say, like with, with Karis and me and Jonathan, what were some of the things you pay attention to? Some of the marker points to go, all right, I need to really pay attention to these things, like just in the differences. So, yeah. I mean, I think I know, but you were the dad that pulled it off. So, Well, like with you, obviously there was this uh, innate leadership ability. You know, whenever your mom and I were in the front seat of the car trying to make a decision, you know, you always piped up in the back with the answer, you know. That's because y'all could never make a decision. Well, this is true. <laughs> We're both pretty easy going, yeah. Uh, that's kind of true. Uh, and sometimes it was a good idea, but most of the time we just kind of said, you know, you just pipe down back there, you know, uh, that's up to us to decide what we're going to do here. And um, even if it's a wrong decision, we'll make this decision, you know. And so, we'll all suffer together. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You'll learn from it. It'll build character in you, you know. So, um, so that, so you know, and I remember telling you a few times, maybe a number of times, that you all that leadership gifting within you will be a blessing if I don't kill you first, you know, if you, if you live long enough, it I will be a blessing. I remember that, that conversation after a lot of uh, departures from the, leaving the principal's office where you were called in to talk with a yeah, yeah, pro- pa- little powwow with Joel, dad and the principal. Yeah, yeah. I was, he was too easy on you, man. He should have come down harder and it would have solved the problem sooner. Yeah. Anyhow, you need to hear So, there. okay, for that, I mean, so that's an example with me. So that's one, yeah. I, I needed a... But, okay, but here's the other thing. I need a heavy hand, but I also, um, I would surrender a lot quicker than some others in our family. <laughs> you mean your mom? <laughs> no, no, like, yeah, I, like I had this yeah. deep sense of conviction. Like if you, you would, if you gave me a logical argument that this is not good, this is, an, a, a, especially if it's a sin or offense to God, I had a super sensitive conscience in that area. Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. so I was easy in that way, but you also yeah. had to kind of come in strong with me. Yeah. Uh, to yeah, because you were a strong personality. So, yeah. and and your sister, she was a strong personality as yeah, well. We're all strong personalities, aren't yeah. yeah, in different ways, yeah. in different ways. But but she was more, you know, um, artistic. You know, and she really the thing she really loved was dance. You know, yeah. and, and getting into that. And um, so with her again, like I said, I, I hit a wall. Some uh, there were times when I hit a wall with her, and I just wasn't communicating. You know, because it just 
it wasn't who I was. And I think that's one of the reasons that God, you know, it's amazing that so many couples are, are opposites of each other. You know, the old opposites attract, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, one, one's usually the talker and one's usually the listener, you know, and one's usually uh, more forceful and the other one's more submissive, you know, and that may be the husband, maybe the wife, and they may be forceful in certain areas and submissive in others. But the point is, Typically, a husband and wife have different strengths and different weaknesses, and I think that's so that you know one can step forward when the time is right to carry on in this particular area. Like I said, your mom stepped forward when I really wasn't understanding Karis and didn't really know how to how to deal with it. So I'm going to talk about that. You're a single parent. Yeah, I have a lot that are listening. You don't have the luxury of having a dad to help, or maybe even a mom to help. Um, and you're uh, going, I'm at a loss here on dealing with my daughter or my son because yeah. this is just, I mean, this does not compute in my female brain or my male brain. Yeah. Give us some, just, some suggestions on how to pay attention and what to do to supplement what you just don't have right now. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, I don't think a mom should try to be the dad, you know, or the dad should try to be the mom. You know, you're, it, it's not going to work either. Again, you were designed in a certain way. The claw hammer works to pull nails out, but it's not going to work well with a screwdriver. Um, both have a function. And so I think you just need to be the best mom you can, be the best dad you can. And there is kind of a, I mean, I don't want to get too hyper-spiritual on this, but I I do believe there's a reality in this where the Lord said this. He said, I will be Mm. the father to the fatherless, and I will be a husband to to the widow. And so if you're in a single parent situation like that, I think you can really lean harder on the Lord and count on him to come through. And I think a lot of the ways it's going to come through, it's not going to be some spiritual thing. Some It could be some angel appearing at night to talk to your son. <laughs> but most likely, he's going to send people into their lives yeah. that can influence him. So I would say get around godly people. Which those people hang out in church. Exactly. Yeah. Where do they hang out? Yeah. That's an interesting thing, too, because there was a stat recently that came out. I think it was, you know whoever it is, Barna, that said the number one predictor of a kid staying in the body, like in the church after leaving the house is if before the age of 16, someone kind of took them, besides the parent, took them under their wing, mentored them. I had that. That was David and Karen for me. And uh, they told me literally the same things you told me, but I would listen to them because they weren't mom and dad. And, And I think that's a blessing too. Like if you are a single parent and you're in the community, you're involved. And I'm, I'm not just talking about just showing up on Sunday. I'm saying right. get your family involved in serving. Yeah. Somebody's going to link up with them and, and they may be able to fill that, you know, it's not the complete fulfillment of the father role, but step in and go, man, God provided a male role model or a, a female role model for my yeah. for my daughter that I just, I, I don't have right now. But knowing you've got to nur- nurture the blessing. And I mean, that's why it's so important. It's just the the, the local church is the hope of the world. Yeah, I, I can't... 20 years ago, I wouldn't have, I heard people say that. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, whatever. No, it literally is the hope as of the world. As messed up as it is. It messed up it is. is still, that community yeah. is where we, we it's, it's. Yeah. Man, it sounds, yeah. But, I just echo what you said. Don't, we're not just talking about going to, and it may not be the church you grew up in. It may not be the church your parents attend. Yeah. You need to find a church that's ministering to your kids. That's super important. And yeah. you go, well, I hate this loud rock and roll music yeah. and this is irreverent, but your kid, like. Man, when I, when we take to at least there's a church around here that uh, uh, not, when we've got a Sunday where I'm not committed to speaking somewhere, we'll take her there. She loves that place, and it's loud, yeah. it's chaotic, and I'm like, yeah, I can't. I literally need earplugs to deal with it. 
But man, you know what? I'd suck. I'd suck it up. Yeah, it may. It's a small sacrifice. Yeah. When you realize you're ministering to kids, you know you're going to do okay. You'll make it. You know, and when they get out on their own and they find a church, though, then you can go back to your organ music if you like it. You know, your <laughs> your skating rink organ music, whatever. You know, but at this point in time, one of the greatest sacrifices you can make is to find a church that's ministering to them. Their unique personality. Yes, and yeah. it might be one that has organ music. It might be one that's very liturgical, you know, but find one that, first of all, where the, the pastor and the leadership care about the kids, that they're not yeah. just the off-scouring, like, okay, we got to do something for them, so put them back there and put on a video or something, you know. And unfortunately, that may mean you're going to go, it doesn't necessarily mean, but it may mean you're going to be going to a larger church. Yeah. Because they've got the resources. To, yeah, it's, they've got the yeah. resources. The pastor may have the vision for it in a smaller church, but you just don't have the the ability to hire somebody who really gives full time to it. And so it's just you find somebody who has a heart for kids. Yeah. You know, they may have a heart for kids, but they may not know anything about kids. Or you may find your kid does better in a small context. True. You'd rather go to a big church and you're like, the preaching here stinks. But my kid comes home every Sunday exactly. pumped full of Bible. And yeah. Yeah. I so it's not one or the other for sure. You can't guarantee, but yeah. you need to. And bounce around till you find one that your kid goes, Mom, we got to go back next week. You know, right. Dad, we got to go back. You know. I think the cool part about all this is it's really a picture of what God does for us. It, I, the older I get, the yeah. more I realize there is no formula for life. There is only revelation <laughs> from the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that. He said, guys, I got a, I got a whole lot of truth I want to reveal to you, but you're just not ready for it now. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to guide you in all truth as you're ready for it. And I think that's the blessing of it. He didn't leave us alone down here to figure it out. He left the Holy Spirit to guide us. And just like he deals uniquely with each one of us, uh, he's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit to deal uniquely yeah, with each one of yeah. his children, which I, I mean, that's just, that's inc incredibly encouraging to me because sometimes you're, when you're at a loss, the best thing you can do is just go, all right, God, <laughs> I need guidance. Send the yeah. Holy Spirit to guide me. And he said, if you lack wisdom, you can ask and he'll give it to you. And, the, and a final thing I want to say is that, you know, many times you talked about how we want our kid to go this direction or be that, and we want them to be great and do something that's a great thing, you know, and the greatest thing our kid can do is to do what God called him to do. And that may not be something that impacts big in society. It may not be something that society, you know, cheers about and gives accolades for. It may be being a mom who raises the next godly generation and stays at home and spends time with kids, or it may be uh, going into business or doing something like that. But the greatest thing they can do is what God has designed them to do. Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this with your friends on the platform of your choice. For more from Joel Malm, visit joelmalm.com. For more from Rick Malm, visit rickmalm.com. Our podcast music was produced by Alex Burleson.